0: From the North Devon coast To the Atlantic shores From the tropical rainforests To the sunny azores From Icelandic wastelands To Australian deserts This is Cauldron FM Where the magic really happens
1: Enter Merlin! But beware! Do not interrupt his magic!
0: any meat. and thank you for joining me in the last show of 2010 i hope you've enjoyed being with me so far and i look forward to developing cauldron fm over the next 12 months to a mainstream radio station and i hope that you'll stay with me and enjoy that process so for the last show i thought what i would do is do something a little bit different something special fortuitously i met via facebook a lady who was soon to become my friend. A lady called Rowan, Dark Moon, Dragonstorm. And I asked Rowan if she would mind me interviewing her because she'd just had her first book published. At this request, Rowan sort of panicked a little bit and refused to do that for personal reasons. But what she did say was that she would do an interview over the internet. And this that follows is the results of that interview. So, let's look now at the life of Rowan Darkmoon Dragonstorm. Rowan lives in Essex, on the east coast of England, not far from the village where she was raised. In her own words, she describes her upbringing as taking place in a quiet little village, nothing more than a collection of houses, a corner shop and post office, and a lot of fields. You might think that it was an ideal place to grow up, she says. However, as a teenager she became very bored with village life, and again in her own words she recalls, Well, it was great until I hit the age of about 13 or 14. But at that age all I wanted to do was go out with my friends and have fun. Because I had no friends in the village, and the next village was around three miles away, I became very, very bored. She began writing stories to alleviate the boredom of her day-to-day village life, and this decision set the direction for her life's journey. At this point, let us return to Rowan's own account of her life. I moved away from home to live with my sister at the age of sixteen. Looking back at it now, I can see that I was far too young. I was very naive, book-smart, but not streetwise or savvy. I'd never even had a proper boyfriend. I had a job, but no enthusiasm for a career. By her own admission, Rowan was a shy girl and not very worldly wise. So when she was asked out by a chap at work, she said yes. Within the next ten years, she married, divorced, married, and separated. And as she says, it was during this second marriage that I began work on my book, The Quest. Then, as described by someone far wiser than me, I entered a season of calm. I met my partner, divorced my second husband and spent quite a few years working through some issues that had arisen within my marriages. It was during this new period of my life that I became pregnant with my first of three children despite being told at the age of 18 that I could never have children. Two subsequent children followed and Rowan's life as a mother was complete. Rowan's partner works long hours and because she has elected to be at home for the children she supplements the family income by running her own home based crochet business, cosy crochet and crafts, in which she enjoys creating her own unique designs of headwear and other handmade delights that she sells via mail order. In a wonderfully frank manner she said about this, It's nice to bulk up the family finances even if it's only by 20 quid a week or so, and that's when business is good. My partner works all the hours he can, but even so, with everything going up in price the way it is, the extra wonga comes in handy. More recently, Rowan has also set up a new website, Dragonstorms World, which is an outlet for her creative writings. Published and sold via the internet, The Quest is the first book of a magical trilogy. Rowan also tells me that it is her ambition to publish a book of dragon-inspired poetry containing works such as The Sun Dragon, which I will read very shortly. I then went on to ask Rowan about her sources of inspiration for the work that she does, and she replied, Well, the crochet work is all based on what I saw my grandmother doing. I learned crochet and knitting from watching her. I don't follow any patterns for my work. My poetry has a Wiccan-Pagan twist, and my stories, both short and long, are mainly fantastical in nature. I have a close affinity to dragons, and much of my work contains and is sometimes co-written by dragons. The Sun Dragon A dragon's work is never done. You fly all day to catch the sun. You can never be outrun. This duty you can never shun. The darkness is a time of rest, the time when you feel most blessed, preparing for your new contest to chase the sun back to the west. And so the cycle starts again. Your strength and power never wane. Your antics do not just entertain, they start the wheel around again. And that's the Sun Dragon by Rowan Dragonstorm. And finally, before moving into an excerpt from the quest, I asked Rowan if she could identify the source of her inspiration for the trilogy, and this is what she said. Okay, my inspiration for the quest trilogy. Wow, that is a story in itself. As a teenager, I was always a vivid dreamer. Awake or asleep, my dreams were always of crystal clarity. They seemed to have a flow. Where I left off dreaming one night, I would usually pick up the thread of the dream again the next. After the trauma of my marriages, I lost this knack of dreaming, and I cannot tell you how much I missed it. But my daydreams seemed just as bright and shiny, and I could spend literally hours staring off into the distance, making up weird and strange worlds in my head. It caused some consternation within my family, and I was sent to psychiatrists and doctors because it was thought that I was having some sort of mental or emotional breakdown due to post-traumatic stress disorder. In a way they were correct, but in another way they were so very wrong. I was simply trying to rediscover a very important part of myself that had been lost in the intervening years. The characters from the quest were some of my favourite fantasies, and each one was a part of myself, or something I aspired to be. The strength of the dragon, the coldness of the wizard, the freedom of the human and the self-control of the elf soon these people were clamouring to have their story written i'd written short stories before usually in the horror genre and the task ahead seemed daunting it helped though when i was bought a dragon when i bought a dragon ornament and sat it on the desk that i was working at i started writing that day and the rest is history. So now, after that very clear account of where the inspiration came from, I think it is time to take a break before we listen to the extract from the quest Thank you very much, Rowan, for the frank and very candid interview that uh, you've given us, and by way of a, a small token of my appreciation, I would like to play you a piece of music and this piece of music is taken from my own work, Somerset Story and I call it The Time of Dragons.
1: As the mist began to clear, I opened my eyes and looked around. I saw before me wondrous beasts breathing fire into the air. I had arrived at the Time of Dragons. Having watched for a while, I was aware of a change in my surroundings. The picture faded, and was replaced by a new sight.
0: Mystical, magical, Merlin. Warm, comforting, and crafted with love. Old world style and grace handmade to your specifications. Each item is truly unique and handmade. If you are looking for both bold and showy or something just like grandma used to make search Cozy Crochet and Crafts on Facebook. Sometimes we need an extra pair of hands when looking after an elderly relative or we need a little help as we approach our twilight years. We specialise in providing a personal care service. Our experienced care team can provide assistance with bathing, shopping, meal preparation at reasonable and competitive rates. Please contact Alison on 01271 864 886. Candor Care, providing care in the community. You are tuned to Cauldron FM, the place where magic, new age, and pop cultures connect. Next up we'll have a preview of Rowan Darkmoon Dragonstorm's book The Quest read by my very good friend Keely Louise.
1: She watched the rider from her seat in the corner of the room. The tavern was dim but the morning sunlight streamed through the open door, creating a long patch of brightness on the dusty straw-littered floor. She sat and watched as he walked towards the long bar that took up most of the back of the room, his boots kicking up dust from the floor as he stepped. The dust swirled and dissipated, settling back onto the ground slowly. Grinning, she pulled back further into her dark corner as he scanned the room and was happy when his gaze passed her by. He called to the barkeep and ordered an ale, shook the road dust from his boots and clothes and leaned on the bar, resting one elbow on its scarred, stained surface, waiting with an air of dignified impatience as a barman drew him an ale from one of the oak casks behind him. She got up from her chair and moved closer as he received his drink, then tapped him smartly on the shoulder, making him jump. Sen, any change? With father, I mean. He turned, almost spilling his ale. But as he saw the face of the woman who was addressing him, he smiled and then threw a mock punch in her general direction. "'No, sister, if anything, he's worse. "'He wouldn't even let me mention your name. "'But Mother and Darren send their greetings,' he said "'as he smothered a yawn with his free hand. "'Sirena hung her head, "'knowing that her father had dismissed her so thoughtlessly, "'hurt her more than she ever would have believed. "'Anguish bloomed in her chest "'and her heart felt very heavy with the weight of it. "'She raised her head and looked at her older brother in the eye, "'hating the look of pity that she saw Dawn in there. "'Well, do you think he'll change his mind soon? "'I'd like to go home.' "'Zen shook his head, his warrior's cue bouncing as he did so, "'I don't think so, Si He was really angry of you this time. "'I've never seen him this angry before.' "'He paused for a moment, taking a gulp of his ale. "'After settling down with his mug on the bar, "'he ran his hand over his lips, wiping away a thin foam of beer. "'Even Mother is keeping a distance in case he starts shouting again.' "'Syrena sighed. He must be bad, then, "'for Mother could often calm him with a few well-chosen words. "'The young elf sighed again. "'Oh, well. Life goes on. "'Here, let me pay for that,' she said as, she, as the barkeep held out his hand for payment.' She reached into her pouch and drew out a triangular silver coin. The barkeep nodded his thanks and placed the coin in a wooden box under the bar. "'Are you staying in the village tonight, Zen?' Sirena asked, shifting her weight a little so she could look up at her brother. "'No,' her brother answered, answering her sigh with one of his own. "'I have to ride today. Father is travelling to Butteport for a meeting, and I'm supposed to be going with him. If I ride now, I might just get there after sundown. He made it clear that he wants me to be there, so I must go.' Zen looked at his younger sister, saw the homesickness and despair on her face. He smiled and held his arms out. Come give your brother a hug. They embraced. Sirena's head came to her brother's shoulder and his arms wrapped themselves around her midriff. They hugged so tight that for a moment Sirena's feet cleared the floor. Zen put her down and noticed with relief that she now wore a small smile. Bye, Sirena. Take care of yourself, okay? Yes, big brother, I will, she answered, touched by his concern. She waved as she left the tavern and then headed for the tree on which she had built her platform. The platform was small and flat, covered by cured hides that hung from branches and built in a sturdy fashion on the fork of a tree. Climbing up onto it, Cyrena reflected on her life. She had run away and travelled west this small village. We are one of the few villages where elf and human mingled without trouble, hoping that it would only be for a season, but it had been longer than that already. Cyrena knew her father was a hard person, an elder had to be, but not even she could have guessed how deep his hatred for her went. They had never really seen eye to eye, but this was ridiculous. She sat on her bedroll with her head held in her hands. Her long, fine red hair fell forwards, obscuring her face, and tears clouded her vision. But she fought them back. They would help her no more now than they had when her father had given her cause to run away. It had been a child, little more than a childish prank, but Dirick never took things in the spirit in which they were meant. Rather than pass things off and let it go, he had flown into a tower in rage. Fearing for her safety, Sirena had felt she had little choice than to leave, and to get as far away from her father as she could. She had only packed the necessities, her bedroll, her gauntlet and enough food to provision her for the walk to Weir. When Serena woke up the next morning, her left leg was numb as she stretched it, wincing as life began to return to the sleeping flesh. Hobbling around, she grabbed some of the dry bread to have for breakfast and cursed herself for falling asleep sitting up. The sun was already high in the sky and the sounds of the street drifted to her on a warm breeze. Although there were more pressing matters on her mind, Serena decided to have a bath. Maybe it will clear my mind as well as clean my body, she announced to the treetops, She wasn't surprised when they didn't answer her. She soon gathered clean clothes and a towel, and dropping from her tree, she began walking east to the river. Finding a good spot which was both open but secluded, she shed her clothes and stepped into the slow-moving river. Taking another quick look around and seeing no one, she swam into the middle of the river and lingered for a while before returning to the bank. She found a slab of rock that was half-shaded by a tree, and sat there, letting her slender body soak up some sun. She was rummaging through her things, looking for some soapwort, when she sound, the sound of a breaking branch alerted her to the fact that she was no longer alone. Cursing herself for not noticing someone approach, she fumbled around for the nearest weapon. After finding a fist-sized chunk of rock, she turned to face the foe. She expected a lusty farmhand or a peeping Tom. She didn't get what she expected. "'Hello,' said the man who stood before her. He was tall, well-dressed and white and smiling. Even the large scar on the right side of his face didn't detract from the image of someone having a wonderful time.' although Sirena was sure that under other circumstances it could be terrifying. "'Hello,' she stammered. "'Beautiful day, isn't it, Sirena? You are Sirena, aren't you?' He smiled wider, showing two rows of pure white teeth that seemed to glow in the sunlight. His white cloak was unmoving in the freshening breeze. "'Who are you, and how do you know my name?' she asked as she moved away. She grabbed hold of her towel and covered her nakedness. "'And when did you get here?' she asked as she stood, wrapping the towel more firmly around herself. "'I'm Cisco." ''I have always been here,'' he answered. ''As for knowing your name, I have many such talents.'' He shrugged as if the subjects were of no consequence. ''What you should have asked is why I am here. I have something I wish you to do for me. A quest, if you will. It is not dangerous, but it is not something I can do myself. What do you say, will you do it?'' Serena shook her head, half in negation and half in disbelief. How much nerve did this being have coming along when she was naked, frightening the life out of her, and then asking her to do some errand for him?'' "'Sirena had to admit, if only to herself, that she was intrigued, "'but she had other things to deal with. "'Not interested. I think I'll stay here until my father lets me go home. "'It's only a matter of time.' Cisco lifted his head and peered off into space. "'Sirena, my dear, I can tell you that before you reach the next town, "'your father will be dead. "'Then you will never need permission to return to your home,' Cisco answered, his grey eyes turning black. "'Sirena scuttled further back, fear beginning to move down her spine. "'Is that your reward for me doing your quest? "'What kind of man are you?' "'Oh, don't get me wrong, child. "'It is simply that that prophecy is another of the talents I told you about earlier. "'It is something I can see, not something I will do.' "'His eyes returned to a more natural colour. "'Cisco looked down at Sirena. "'However, back in the issue of the quest, "'I thought that a young person such as you would like to see the world, "'have adventures and such. "'That is the only reason for my asking you. "'Oh, there is also this,' he said as he threw back his cloak "'and pulled a sword from his voluminous folds. "'Sirena gasped in surprise and terror. "'She recognised the sword.' "'But was this man about to use it to kill her?' "'Fear not, Sirena, I will not harm you,' said the wizard. "'That's Conat's sword.' "'Sirena gasped in shock. "Konat." Cisco stood for a moment, deep in thought. "'Oh, yes, your old swordmaster. "'Nevertheless, this is not his sword. "'He is still using that to inflict pain on his pupils. "'This blade is similar, though. "'Do you remember the day you graduated? "'You had hoped that this gift to you would be his sword. "'You were a little disappointed when he gave you that ugly gauntlet.' Cisco spanned the sword over in his hands and Sirena watched as the sunlight glittered and trickled down its sharpened edges. It was true. She had always wanted Konut's blade. But was this just a bribe? No bribe, Sirena. A gift, pure and simple, Sisko said, catching her thought and answering it. I wish you would stay out of my head, Sirena snapped. It's most annoying. Sisko threw back his head and laughed. Oh, girl, you have fire in you. I can see it. Please say you will join the quest. I promise that you will never have cause to regret it. Sirena stood and thought it over. "'What did she have to lose? "'All she would be doing otherwise was sitting around and moping about. "'She could do with a bit of adventure. "'It was surely better than growing old in this backward village.' "'Cisco broke into her thoughts yet again. "'Good. "'If you are decided, travel to Butteport with haste.' "'He forced the blade of the sword down into the earth at his feet. "'And don't forget your sword.' "'Serena looked down at the towel that covered her naked body "'and started to ask if she had time to dress first, "'but upon looking up she saw that Cisco was gone. "'She looked around but could see no one.' If the sword had not been sticking up out of the ground, she would have dismissed the whole exchange as a hallucination. She stepped forward and looked around again. Cisco was not there.
0: Thanks very much, Kaylee. That's a fantastic preview reading. The book is called The Quest. The author is Rowan Darkmoon Dragonstorm, and you can find her on Facebook. And if you want to buy a copy of the book, it costs £4.50 as an electronic download and £9.99 as a paperback version. You can get it at that's www.lulu.com And the item code that you need is 142-485-62. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and I'll definitely be getting it very soon. Thank you ever so much for listening. This has been Dave Baxter, the Merlin, on Cauldron FM, the sound of magic. This has been a Moonshadow Media production. Take care. Speak to you soon.